A priest, his brother, and a married guy walk into a podcast to discover the deepest truths of our day. If you're a seeker of ancient wisdom, interdimensional museums, and the Baltimore Catechism, then this is not the show for you. You're listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. And it starts right now. Episode 58 of the Untitled Catholic Podcast with Father Sean McGaldy and Nolan Reynolds. Hello, sir. It's been... Hello, Justin. How are you? I'm good. It's been three weeks now. We were on a roll, and then I ruined it, but that's okay. So hopefully the uh, the handful of people that were listening still are listening, and they enjoyed the episode with Dom Qualia on. Well, you had good reason, right? Yeah. So I've been taking a real estate class and it was two weeks and it was nine to four every day for two weeks monday to friday and it was um how they say in french lay brutal it was brutal you're what the french call lay incompetent it was so imagine 65 people on a zoom and one guy talking at you who by the way was catholic old Bill Schleter. Um, seemed like a really nice guy, but when you put that many people on a virtual call... Did you say 360? No, it's just 60. 65. Oh, okay. That's still too many. That's about 60 too many. It's, yeah, exactly. So, he would be on a roll. I mean, and he had to cover 21 chapters plus math and law in two weeks. And he would be on a roll and then someone would come up with a what-if question and we'd go down a rabbit hole that would last a half hour, and then we wouldn't finish the material. And then he would rush it, and then all that stuff that he rushed was on the final test. So, But didn't you pass the final test? Yeah, but that I just passed the class. I didn't pass the state test. So I still have information, or I still have studying to do for the state test. But I'm one, one of two steps away from becoming a real estate agent in Tennessee. How about them apples? Nolan, what's new with you? Um, I mean, not a great deal. You know, I think last we left off, I was, I was, uh, you know, still fi- trying to find out different creative ways to support and encourage and promote youth ministry. Um, still doing the homeschool thing with the family still very much appreciating the weekends um when does the homeschooling end i think uh for us i think the kids wrap up around the middle of june and a month left yeah and i feel like at the end of like school like especially in elementary school like that last week or so of like half days and it's a lot of watching movies right (laughs) a lot of like yeah a lot of like not doing anything, so I think I don't want to say not doing anything, but um, so I'm thinking uh, we're 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 nearing the home stretch, and so kind of trying to imagine what the summer is going to look like. Which, if you had to guess, what what would you guess it will look like? Um, a whole bunch of nothing. Well, I guess it all depends on like the stay at home orders too, and like how that changes, but. Um, I know it'll it'll just you know just kind of selfishly speaking it'll be easier to get work done. Um, you know, right now I gotta you know we kind of base everything around the school schedule. So when that's kind of out the window, it'll give me a little more freedom. 
I think it'll relieve some some tension and stress in the house. I don't know. I think you know. I I don't think my family's going anywhere on vacation this summer. That's for sure. Did you have one planned? No, not not really, not really. We have a. Right. Uh, whereas you have a a nice healthy pup, young pup. We have an old dying dog, and uh-huh. uh, we're kind of uh, kind of quarantined by him because he really can't leave the house. You can't go. You can't go anywhere far. No, and not for a long time, unless you want to come up and clean up a mess. I thought you were going to say something else. Well, that you were too, gonna, but... Like Old Yeller, unless you want to come up and Old Yeller or something like that. Oh. I'm going to be like, wow, this got dark fast. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Quarantine has changed you, Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Tell any of them to let Old Yeller out just once. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of that scene in The Mask, that guy... In that movie, is it, it's wait? Can I just called... say this? Isn't it? Oh, isn't it amazing that I can quote almost any movie, and Father Sean knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it until he said that. That I'm like, oh, oh yeah, and then I remembered it. But... I don't think I've ever quoted a movie with with him having to ask what what that's from. I mean, it's possible. Say <laughs> possible. That guy, that guy was also in a movie called Double Dragon, which Justin and I used to watch all the time. Yeah. Ah. Which I watched again for the first time in a while because it was on Amazon Prime. <laughs> and you've got how, nothing how but it, time uh, on your heads. How did it age? Uh, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. But I also listened to a podcast making fun of it. It's so sad when you watch a movie that you loved as a kid and it's not the same. Well, I don't think I loved it as much as Justin did. I loved it, yeah. Me and Ryan. Yeah, so I didn't necessarily... It. It didn't necessarily change me. I didn't like. I wasn't upset that I didn't like it anymore. But you know, a movie I'm curious about with that is Three Ninjas. How does that hold up? Mm. I've been dying to watch that movie. Is that on Disney Plus? I don't know. It might be. That's if a good it is, question. I might have to watch that. I might have to cancel this podcast and watch it right <laughs> yeah. now. Let me check my schedule. Wait, I'm free. Speaking of being free, I almost like don't want people to know that. It makes me feel bad. When someone's like, oh, I can meet you from this time. I can talk to you from this time to this time. When are you free? Like all of those times. (laughs) (laughs) Literally every single time. I mean, that's that's really scraping the bottom of the barrel if we're we're up to watching like Three Ninjas. Is it though? I still feel like I I have not watched everything I want to watch. Not even close. But there's so much good TV that I feel like I'll never accomplish it. You know what? Let me say this. I don't. I don't mean to like break this wide open here, but I have to say I've tried a lot of shows recently, and there is like a f- very. I find there to be like a very vulgar and graphic formula for like a lot of new shows, and that like, it really kind of bothers me. Like, oh, why yeah. does why does every show have to have like, just gratuitous sex and violence and language like just because like we're on netflix or hulu or one of these channels that like the limitations and the restrictions are off like i almost feel you know father sean you're a film guy you would know this better than me but does it not seem that some of these shows are just doing that because they can and it doesn't really serve a purpose some i it's i have it i've had a hard time finding a reason why a lot of things like this need to necessarily be Mm -hmm. in stuff um I mean, sometimes it works, right? Sure. Sometimes it's it's like part of the story, and and like you, 
you can't like avoid it or dance around it. And you know, John Paul II in his letter to artists would argue that by showing dark parts of reality, you're still showing beauty because it's true. And if mm-hmm. it's true, it's beautiful, even if it's ugly, right? So like, I think that some of this stuff, it, it serves a purpose, but at other times it's just to get people to watch it. I, I But for me, it's a turnoff. And I, I have to believe that there's other people that it's a turnoff for too. Like I, I know. Yeah. I'm, oh yeah. I know we are largely yeah. desensitized, but, and I, I don't know. I just, there's, I've, there's been so many shows and movies in the past, like two months that my wife and I have like started to watch and like, 10 minutes into it i'm like i don't want to watch this garbage <laughs> what's an example of the most recent thing uh oh there's that show the boys on uh amazon it's like a superhero oh, yeah. show and i knew it was like a darker take on superheroes like they're they're super powered like heroes but they're they all have an agenda and and whatever they're they're not good people but man like there was like nudity in like the first like out of like the first 10 scenes of the first episode there was nudity like three times and it was just like and not just nudity like graphic stuff it's crazy that's kind of how i felt with jack ryan there were moments where you're like this is just stupid and and i thought that was one of the better ones like i I actually we made it through that whole the whole uh, two seasons of jack ryan but the second season was a little bit difficult to watch. That's it good was. to know because I'm not going to watch it then. I am actually mourning the loss of the a Last Dance. Like I, I will miss watching that every Sunday. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that. I haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch it because I was waiting till it all came out so I could watch as much as I wanted, uh, whenever I wanted. ESPN has a ton of really good documentaries. Yeah. And and like the, some of the thirty for thirty series mm-hmm. are just really well made. I think that I, that might become my thing where I just watch those now. Yeah, or at least for until sports come it, back. The Mike, the Mike and the Mad Dog one. Yeah, that one is good. That one's really good. I've watched that. Well, all all signs are pointing to sports in July. Which, if you think about, say basketball, baseball, and hockey finish out the summer, and then football starts, it, it would be a. a packed summer of sports that would be pretty awesome i will watch hockey playoffs just because i want to watch sports so bad i'll watch all of it if you're gonna watch any hockey hockey playoffs is the place it's the best yeah when the the last time the rangers were in the playoffs i i um when they were not i don't i shouldn't say that when they were when the last time they were in the stanley cup i started following like halfway through and i got pretty into it yeah, but then, it, but not into it enough to start paying attention at the beginning of the season. I have to say, they're they're talking about a an expanded uh, playoff pool, which would be kind of cool. Yeah, it's like seven teams would be eliminated, right? Because they mathematically were eliminated anyway. Right, they're trying to make it fair for the teams that were kind of on the cusp, which the Rangers are one of those teams, and even. As an Islander fan, I have to say the Islanders were trending down and the Rangers were trending up before it all ended. So, Yeah, it would be interesting. I will say after watching The Last Dance, I like LeBron James even less. <laughs> really? Why? Yeah, just because everything that jo- like Jordan cannot, he doesn't let go of a grudge. Like He still doesn't like Isaiah Thomas. I know. He still doesn't like these certain things. And... LeBron is just signing up with his buddies to play and try to win his championships, where that is the exact opposite of what Michael Jordan would do. 
it's been really fun to have those kinds of conversations and just to like peek into those kinds of conversations that they're having on like the sports shows. Like I will say that about the last dance. Cause I'm, I'm a, I'm like nineties, eighties, late eighties, early nineties. Basketball is like everything for me. That's when I really like became a diehard sports sports fan, especially basketball. And I, I don't know. I'm in the camp probably biased, but um, I think that uh, Jordan would destroy in today's NBA. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he's unrelenting. No he's unrelenting. He he's even unrelenting. said something once, I think, at his uh, Hall of Fame acceptance, where he said, "I'm just happy I'm not one of my kids" or something like that. <laughs> Basically, because they have to live in my shadow. Yeah, that's. How, I mean, like, I'm sure he doesn't want his kids to play sports because he doesn't want them to have any chance of being better than him. That's and, how crazy he is. And I will say this, not, not to take anything away from LeBron. I mean, I. I have my gripes with him. He's still an all-time great and right up there. But I think Kobe is much more Jordan than than LeBron is. A hundred percent. I don't think it's. I don't think it's even. A like that's that's a better comparison for me. I think. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I will. I will definitely miss watching the Last Dance. So I have to find something else. And by hopefully by the time I start. And finish something else. Real sports will be back. I was gonna say you could just watch live sports. <laughs> That's my hope and my prayer. Live sports ball. Did you, did <laughs> Nashville you see? is uh, opening their uh, churches soon. That's good. So this whole did virtual you mess see thing. Korea had the dolls and the uh, cardboard <laughs> yes. cutouts in the stands. Why? What is the point? I don't know. And even the fake people were social distancing. And then they apologize <laughs> for it. Yeah, because, well, the dolls that they had were, were of nefarious origin. But my, I wasn't commenting on that as much as it was just weird to see, like, cardboard cutouts. And, th- and they had, like, signs. And it was like, and they're all six feet apart from each other. I'm like, well, they're not real. Why can't they just be right next to each other? Right. You could put one in every seat. <laughs> I mean, Justin and I were in the stadium for the Dark Knight Rises, and they they did uh, they digitally added a bunch of other people that were never there. So why can't they just do that? Wow, is that what they, they did for just, that? That's pretty cool. Yeah, they should put green screens up around everything and just green screen fans in, like Madden. I think by the end of the season they'll start letting fans in. And I think in football, they'll start having fans. You think so? Yeah. We'll I think in some parts of the country, but not all parts. Not New- yeah, definitely not in New York. But I digress. Um, anyway, I was before I was rudely interrupted with saying that the churches are opening. And that, that goes along that I'm curious to see how that will be. Is that this month? Like is is has there been any directives as far as like what masses to look like now? Right. So the parish that I go to, they're only letting a certain amount of people in to start with. Okay. So you got to um, get there super early. Yes, and then uh, they also did say if you were at higher risk that you can stay in your car. Or, like, there's a certain area that they'll block off, and then Eucharistic ministers will go out and distribute the Eucharist that way. Okay. So, between the parish hall, the main sanctuary, and then people in their cars, I think they'll be able to have a lot of people. Which I thought that was kind of interesting, but we'll see. Somebody told me that um, the governor 
either he or one of his designates of New York, I'm talking about, of course, um, put uh, places of worship in the phase four category of essential businesses. Did Are you, you saying that? that's Did you hear all that, Father Sean? I saw somebody that posted that, but I don't know if it was from a real news website okay. or not. Is that, yeah. Are you saying that's too late or too early? Or that's, earlier than you thought? We're not even at phase one, so... Yeah, no, like that, like, in his mind, the, the houses of worship will be the last thing to open. Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, that rubs me the wrong way, big time. There, Illinois and California are saying all of that. So, um, Cuomo ended his thing today talking about how we should really love the government and trust the government now and see how important it is. How, I don't understand what that had to do with anything, but. Well, don't, don't even get me started. I, yeah. <laughs> this thing is getting I don't know. so darn political. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Justin, are you still watching regularly? Yeah, I, I I mean they don't do like the briefings anymore, but I'm I'm listening to po- podcasts and reading articles. I'm doing all of it, and mainly there's like good data that you could follow, and it is just very interesting how certain media outlets will report the data and not actually tell the truth of it. Mm. Well, so there yeah, like Texas is up 1,200 cases, and you're like, okay, well, what's the daily infection rate? Like, what's the average? And that's down 2%. So mm. things like that, they don't they don't tell you. Of course they don't tell you. And then people just read it, and they tweet about it and put out memes, and they think they know what they're talking about. It's like sports when they throw, throw out a stat for their favorite player but don't tell you, like, you know, okay, so he scores that, but he also turns the ball over this amount of times or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then, and then and then they use creative words too, like like spike, and then it says like there's a new surge of coronavirus in Wuhan, and then you read and it says like at the bottom it says there were six new cases and everyone lived in the same uh, building. Yeah, but so then, then like, now they're putting out articles that there's too much testing, and that's a problem. There's too <laughs> many tests available, so it's like it doesn't matter. At first, it's there's not enough this, then there's too many of this, then there's not enough that, and then there's too many of that, then there's not enough sick people. So people are getting fired in hospitals, and yet that's what people have been saying. So they just try and find problems. So all that to say, this will probably never end. No, it'll end, and then we'll never talk about it again, like every other news thing. <laughs> right? That's how the news works until it's yeah. not popular anymore. One, one can only hope. I remember, oh. what was the, uh, like, no, nobody's talking about the Astros anymore. It's true. It's been a while. Wow. Right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody's talking about that. Well, we got other things to talk about. Enough of that. Father Sean. Yes. We, I, I think we should start every episode once we run out of stuff to talk about. Or we should start the middle important. of every episode. Yeah, we'll start the middle of every episode with... Where's the homily? Basically, you recapping your Sunday homily for all the people that are listening, which the three people listen were probably, I don't know. I was going to say maybe maybe they, they could guess what you were going to say, but if only we would have had some interlude music to play into this. Yeah. 
I've got just the music. Where's the homily? <laughs> it's like oh, elevator yeah. music. <laughs> Where is the homily? So this weekend, uh, we hear <laughs> Jesus preparing. Nice segue. Hey. Nice segue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So honestly, the reason I thought of this is because I was live streaming your mass and my internet was, or someone's internet was bad. I don't know how all this stuff works, but uh, yeah, I just know that that's the perfect song to say, I'll be right back. But anyway, um, we have Jesus talking to the apostles about going back to the Father and then the Holy Spirit coming, um, and that Jesus won't leave us as orphans. Um, and I'm not going to get into everything, but just a simple thought that I had. I was talking to a friend who's not uh, religious, and um, you know, just talking about how everyone's dealing with with certain things. And I said that I've used the opportunity to try to find. I guess, um, uh, like being in the present moment in the sense, not like in, in like a, uh, you know, like the, uh, like in a meditation or Buddhist meditation, like centering and, you know, that kind of thing. But in this, in the sense that like, uh, if we believe that God is who he says that he is and he loves us and cares about us, right? Jesus said that in the gospel, I won't leave you as orphans. And then he talks about the Holy spirit dwelling within us. If God loves us enough to dwell within us and, 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 and be with us in that very special way, then the, the peace that can come from that, I think, is something that we have to take time to sit in and, and be in that moment. And a lot of people do not have the opportunity to go to Mass to receive the Eucharist, but it doesn't mean that we don't have the opportunity to be in the presence of Christ. Um, having conversations about Jesus, right? When two or three are gathered in His name, He's there. Right. Um, the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells within us by the nature of our baptism. God is with us and 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 connected and we're connected to him in that way in Scripture, in the word of God. We're, we're with Jesus. So um, by by looking at that and, and sitting in that, that we have that opportunity to be at at peace. And then I, I, I talked about uh, a guy that um, got involved with the RCIA at St. Patrick's. Uh, he's from China and um, he had to go back to China um, because of family reasons um, and but he still wanted to become Catholic before he went back um, so he I baptized him confirmed him he received his first communion even though he knew that it would be very difficult to practice his faith because by asking around people to people where he could go to mass you know that could end up getting him in trouble um, so he said, I keep in contact with him and some of the other RCIA team members from St. Patrick's keep in contact with him. And he always says that um, that he feels peace because he knows God is with him, even though he can't necessarily practice his faith. So that um, a person who could be in a situation where it, there is no end in sight, right? Like eventually for us, this will end. Eventually for us, we'll be able to go back to Mass. Um, but in that meantime, to be able to sit in the peace of, of Christ 
and just be present with Him, to, to call on the Holy Spirit who dwells uh, within us, especially as we're getting ready to celebrate Pentecost too. I think that that's important for us to remember and to be present with God uh, during this time uh, and to take that time to be in His presence um, is something that's very helpful for us and it will be something that helps keep us sane during all of this because I mean we were half joking before with what we were talking about and saying like you know you read this and then the next day you're told something completely different right everything is so up in the air and and in flux that it's hard to find any kind of stable footing in the world but remembering that Jesus promised he wouldn't leave us as orphans is something that's going to help us tremendously and just remember that he's with us through it that even in the worst of situations god is with us and then knowing what nolan wants to talk about next i will help set him up for this segue and to think about how you know like as max saint maximilian colby was you know being starved to death how he can sing hymns of praise to god um, in a terrible place which is Auschwitz. um how that uh, he can find peace even in the most dire of situations. And, you know, we can find peace um, in, in the most dire of our lives, right? And everyone's life is different. So I'm not saying that, like, you know, right now it's not as bad as Auschwitz, right? So that you shouldn't be complaining. That's not the point that I'm making. We have feelings. We have emotions, right? So things can make us upset. Things could bother us. Things could frustrate us. Things could be affecting us. And it could be something simple for, you know, a, a younger person who gets cut from the basketball team. That could be like the end of the world for him. And then you have someone else who lost his job and that could be like the end of the world for him. Someone else, his family could die or, you know, a family member could die. That's the worst for her. We don't, it's, it's different for everybody. But when we look at dire situations, we can still be in God's presence and still find peace. And, and someone like Maximilian Colby teaches us that. Which is a, a nice segue into what we were going to talk about. A very with. smooth and clean segue, for, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was good. But so that's Nolan, the homily. There's the homily. Guess what? We found it. Hmm. But I, I was more thinking of the month, it being the month of Mary and definitely... Um, Start sort of starting to get exhausted of this whole process. What, what it means to um, consecrate yourself to Mary. And Nolan said that he just completed a consecration. So I was curious as to what it was and what that means to you. Yeah. So actually, um, we've I I've this will be like my third time I think renewing my consecration. I I did the I did the the Montfort. Uh, consecration probably uh, 10 or 11 years ago um, maybe 9 years ago something like that and uh, that was the, like the 33 days with St. Louis, Louis de Montfort I did that on my own um, and then um, a couple years ago my wife and I did the 33 days to morning glory uh, Father Michael Gately's uh, 33 day consecration kind of using de montfort colby um john paul ii and uh mother Teresa as as the guides for that and then uh you know i i, I came um 
I came upon this this nine day consecration uh, with Maximin Colby and um, a friend of mine um, had a had a desire to get the book and so I, I I kind of had it on my mind to get it and so I just I got it because of kind of his encouragement and yeah it just kind of hit me as we were getting closer to our the feast day of Our Lady of Fatima you know typically when you do a consecration you you end on a on a Marian feast day. And I love Our Lady of Fatima. I'm very, um, I just love that 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 whole um, devotion and and everything that goes with it, and um, just kind of fascinated by that whole uh, appearance of the Blessed Mother. So I thought, like, wow, it'd be really cool to do a consecration. I remembered that I had this nine day uh, Colby consecration, so uh, we did it, and we ended it on uh, on the uh, the thirteenth of May. But um, it was just. It was wild because, you know, as we were doing it, um, my wife and I both remarked each night as we kind of read through the readings and the reflections, just like, wow, this is this is some time to be doing this. This is like a real, real um, neat time to be doing this. And we, we both kind of felt like not that we didn't feel that originally. I mean, it was every time you do the consecration, every time you renew, I think it's it's all providential and. You can really look at how like it's needed in that time, but it just really struck us this way that this particular means of doing it was was spot on um, with everything going on. It's it's the word that uh, the word that uh, Colby likes to use is entrustment. You know, entrusting yourself to Our Lady, entrusting yourself to the Lord through Our Lady, and uh, this is just such a time of just uncertainty and you don't know who to trust you don't know who to believe um you don't know what to think you don't know what every day is going to look like every week and uh what a just a beautiful time to just entrust yourself to uh the blessed mother who um who has no other goal but than to to lead you to to heaven very well said so that is that how would you then dis- uh define consecrating yourself you know, it's not a sacrament. I think that needs to be said like right away. And I think first of all, any before I even say that, I think you ask if you ask a bunch of people, especially nowadays, like what consecration means. I think you probably get some different answers, um, and what what it looks like and how it plays itself out for everybody is different. But I, you know, I guess for me, it's 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 a it's a more formal promise. Uh, to the Blessed Mother. It's a very serious promise. It's a very serious undertaking. It's not to be taken lightly, but at the same time, it's not a sacrament. Um, but it's a it's a promise to, you know, uh, to entrust yourself, your life, uh, to her. Um, and again, with that idea that Mary, uh, Mary's response in everything, in everything that God asked of her, um, was yes, um, do as do as you will, and she lived her life um, in such perfect reaction to the invitation of the Father. Um, that and that's 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 what we were made for. We were every one of us is made for that to have that perfect response, that perfect reaction, and, and sin and our circumstances and our tainted world um, disparages that and keeps us from that, um, but. 
and and that's what consecration to Mary is. It's it's to, to fight that, and it's 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 to put ourselves in in the, that position with Mary. Um, mother knows best, you know. She she knows best when it comes to our, our receiving grace and, re and responding to, to to the invitation of grace. So um, that's in a in a real layman's term nutshell what uh, what I think consecration is. Father Sean, am I am I off here? Just please, if I say anything heretical, uh, just I don't worry. I'll, I'll I have I always have when I was helping with uh, RCIA um, at the parish. And someone was giving a talk that was either a new Catholic or a questionable Catholic. Uh -huh. uh, I'm just joking about <laughs> that. I said I had the heresy alarm, and I would go like this if they said stuff that that wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't. The fact that you didn't do that means I'm safe. Right. So far. Exactly. Well, I think. Um, well, it's funny because you know it is tricky, and like if you. If you were somebody who was not Catholic but Christian um, or even like, you know, just a, a Catholic who did not understand Marian theology, um, the consecration could be a real like something that would be kind of jarring, the, the language used. But it's funny, the more I've done the consecration, the more the, the re th that I've like, gone through the readings and I, like I said, now my third time. I I know I understand Marian theology so much better. It really forces you to understand the Blessed Mother's place. So while it's something that like if you're looking at it with a fresh pair of eyes, you might be like, "Wow, this is this is really intense." And um, I, I, like going through it, like oh my gosh, like I feel I feel so much more like I I know who Mary is and what the Church actually teaches about her, and it's. It's just it's so it's so beautiful it's so beautiful like like I said she just she just literally exists for the sake of bringing us to the Father um, and I know Father Sean you've not done the consecration necessarily yourself have you but I know you well I did I yeah I didn't oh, do did. that one I did the Saint Louis de Montfort total consecration before I entered the seminary and and even besides that I know you have a huge devotion to Our Lady so. Yeah, and I, it's funny, I was just talking to a friend recently, um, and she, she's a new Catholic, and she, um, she will, during quarantine, she, she has a roommate, but um, I don't know if they're necessarily friends, or I don't think they're hanging out, you know, but she, in order to stay sane, you know, she'll Zoom, or I, not Zoom, FaceTime with, with people and pray the rosary. So she said that she's like, the walls are pretty thin here. I'm pretty sure when my roommate comes home and hears me praying the rosary that she uh, is like, what the heck is going on right now? Because her roommate isn't Catholic. So it, that kind of stuff, you know, people will think that we worship Mary and all those other kind of things. But that's the furthest thing from the truth. Well, in the middle of all that, Father Sean froze. So we don't know what he said but I'm sure it was very nice. And that gives us, Nolan, an incentive to listen to this episode. It does. I mean, I, it's a common theme, like, right? We have to go back and listen to our own episodes just to hear what the heck they're about. Just to hear what they're about, which brings our downloads from four to six or seven. Mm. So we're, we're, we figured out the system. 
If we but have we, three downloads and we each listen to it, we double our downloads. We double our downloads. So thanks, Father Sean, for freezing. Um, and I think we should do a whole episode on Marian theology. I think we have nice. to before May's over, please. Before right? May's over. So guess what? I don't got my class, and we only have one more week of May. So next week it is. Yes, next week will be all about Our Lady, because guess what? You don't need to be in May to rock with Our Lady. You can do that year-round. Right, Father Sean? Yes! <laughs> yeah, that's a, great, that's a great idea, Justin. You're so much better and smarter than me in everything. I know, Father Sean. <laughs> it almost Thanks started for... to sound like Mike Tyson in the beginning. <laughs> Oh man, Justin, you're so crazy. You're just an outset, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know, oh man, you're, the, you're just the best younger brother a brother can ask for. Wow, thanks, Father Sean. That's so nice of you to say. Anyway, on that note, Nolan, we'll talk to you next time. And Father Sean, nobody close it give, out. Nobody can give the blessing. I guess I can. Can I say dominate your biscuits? I guess <laughs> dominate your biscuits. And then maybe Father Shaw will edit himself starting now. God bless everyone who listened to this podcast. You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. See you next time.